Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today I'm here with the great Eric Cassaberry. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. Gene, thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so we're talking mindset. Getting, we'll jump right into it. So getting your start as a business owner, entrepreneur, Talk, talk about that, the opportunities that you saw, maybe inefficiencies and in how you wanted to do things different and managing risk and that, and that opportunity. Kind of a big question. Yeah, it's a lot in there. <laughs> I always have, have told people along the way, when I'm, whether I'm consulting with people now or, or just when I've worked with franchisees all throughout my career, you know, early on, I started, I had a unique start about with mindset. My, my way of thinking about the approach to business early on was, um, a very nothing to lose attitude. And that's always a dangerous place to be, right? When you're, when you're competing with when anything, when, you have, when you're against the person has nothing to lose. And, and when you start out, you're kind of that way. I really didn't have much risk. I never, you know, I even, oh gosh, I wasn't even married when I opened my first gym. We got married right after that. I'd had no uh, children, of course. I had no assets. You know, so you, you really come in saying, I'm going to grind this thing out, but, but you know, I can grind as hard as anything because nothing's going to happen that can be worse than where I was coming out of in the sense of business. I'm starting at ground zero. So that's, that's the nice thing about that stage if you can understand it and embrace it. Um, the crappy thing about that stage is you got nothing. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's, you know, you got to, you know, you, you admire people. You look, you look to, to, to people that you want to emulate and, and be like in business. And I had several that I did and I started to profile so many of them early on in my career. Uh, but my mindset was really... Um, grinding an effort. And that, and that comes from being an athlete, right? I think a, a lot of people, you probably talk to Gene in your world, you know, are athletic and athletes and coaches. So you probably get that. And I, have you know, I instill this in all of my children, my girls and my boys, you know, that, you know, athletics and, and sports, there's so much more than just being in shape and being fit and the other reasons why and, and, and the fun of competition, it really teaches you a lot about structure, discipline, um, construction plans, you know what I mean? Like putting things together and then executing on a plan you know, there's nothing better than looking at X and O's and in my opinion on, on a football team and, and then figuring it out and going and executing it when multiple people can do multiple things at the same time and, and, and work out well. So I think I learned a lot just from being in that environment for all those years. 
And I, and I appreciate all the coaching I had and a lot of the teachers I had, of course, because they, they kind of put me in that position. And that was really where I grew my first leadership position, right? I mean, I was, I was early on, I was captain of the football team, but I earned that through doing a lot of stuff. I was a, like a lunatic. People know me that from high school, they'll remember me like running around with a clipboard saying, hey, you coming to the weight room today? Are you gonna be in the weight room today? Like what time are you gonna be here? So I can schedule you, I wanna make sure you get a bench. Like I was nuts like that because I really, back then really appreciated strength training at such a, uh, an emotional deep level. But that was my mindset. I knew if I built more muscle, if I got faster in the offseason, I love baseball. I didn't play baseball in the spring, though, man. I ran track because I wanted to get better at football. So, like, I was just one of those people that had a mindset of do everything you can, take all of the resources you can find, and put them to work. And, and that was, you know, in probably a, a portion that came from, you know, watching how my mom battled cancer at a very young age, right? I mean, she, my mom passed away very young. I mean, I was only 16. But she battled cancer since I was 12. So, but I watched how, you know, they gave her a very defined, like, hey, you should probably only live this much longer. And it was, I think the time they gave her, I think it was two years. And she wound up living almost six. So, uh, and it was because she battled, right? And it was how she battled it. She was going to try different things. She got very resourceful. I mean, all these things that I was just watching happen. I didn't understand what they were. I went back years later and kind of analyzed that in my head to kind of, it was only like, like self-therapy for me, if you will. But it was a mindset she had. Like she, and I remember one of my aunts told me, you know, and she had wrote it in a prayer that she had done. And she said, you know, I want to, I need to live to make sure my boys are going to be the men they need to be. And I liked it. And that was like kind of profound. My mother was an educated woman. She was an old Italian woman that, you know, was great at cleaning and, 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 and the, the, probably the, the best wife and, and mom you can imagine. But she said some profound stuff along the way, which was really interesting, but it was because she was extremely religious and she lived life in a certain way. That kind of attitude stuck with me a long time and it stuck with me all the way through my career and I used to say I remember my down days when I was playing sports or I was in the gym I would say to people I'm like yeah nothing's going to be worse than I'm going to do today that my mother's going through right now like and I would literally say that that's kind of a weird thing to say when you're a young kid but I can remember god it's a crazy story because a friend of mine from just hit me up on Facebook and the guy I used to train with all the time in high school and he remembered what I used to say when I was on the incline bench. And I could see his face above me. Like I look up, I could see this guy's face yelling this down to me because I told it to him once. He's like, nothing's going to happen right now. It's going to be worse than what's happening to your mom. Let's go. You're going to get 12, get 15. And I got to tell you, I, would, I, would, I was a strong kid. I was, I was lifting massive amounts of weights for my age and my size. Um, but I think a lot of it was that it was the emotional power I was able to create. Um, and it comes back to, like you said, mindset. And, and I don't think it's appreciated enough in business or in life. I mean, I, and I, I do this with my children all the time. My, my oldest daughter, she's a sophomore at Columbia right now. And, and she's, God bless. She's doing fantastic. My, my son, uh, my oldest son, he's at Fordham and he's doing fantastic. A lot of why their success is because of the mindset we have here in the Casabiri house. Right. I mean, it's just how we do things like, like if my wife is, is, a, is just a stone cold killer with this shit. I mean, she is like, on point when it comes to certain things like you're going to make your bed no matter what every day you're full noise like just these little disciplines that give them the small wins they don't realize what they're doing but they're getting a small win to start their day that stuff is meaningful and i just turned my wife on to uh and, and my daughter actually i got her the for christmas i got her the hal alrod you know hal alrod he's got the miracle morning guy really good really good book if you haven't read it or any of your listeners haven't read it but they have a companion planner and they have a companion planner for salespeople, a companion planner for students a companion planner for for um, real estate like it's he, he actually subsections it off which is a brilliant business idea for him the original was just the miracle morning and that one in itself is great but he made specific so i got her one the college student one and carmela was so thankful she's like dad she finally opened it up after new year's i'm like listen it's christmas i'm like open this up on new year's day kind of thing and like start off 
And it's really good. Set your mind. Like it, 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 there's an acronym called SABERS that he uses. And each letter stands for something. S in the first S stands for silence, right? So start with meditation, thinking, prayer. And my kids are great with that stuff, man. I mean, we, we, we do prayers every night together. I mean, all my little ones and my big ones, like I still run around the house now. They're home from college. I'm like, you do your prayers, you do your prayers. And my little ones, we do them together. And it's just amazing that to sit in, you know, in church and mass together with the six of us. And I have people that come up to us often in mass and say, it's so impressive. Your whole family's here together. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, that's our mindset. Like, you know, we're going to do certain things a certain way with a certain discipline because it means something later. Like you see small little things, you might think, ah, that's not going to mean shit. I'm I don't know what, no, it is those tiny little details that have exponential potential for you later. And you will not realize it until you're faced with a challenge probably, or you're faced with something you didn't expect. And then you've got this little seed that you planted maybe 20 years ago when you were a kid. And I know that I do these things is like, listen, Saturday, 5 PM, we were at mass. Like we were there. Like my, and we sat in the same spot every time with my mother. Like it was, you know, and it's funny because we kind of have a very similar regimen today, but that little discipline about being able to be somewhere at a certain time for a certain reason, had so much more meaning when I had to be at a sales call or to sell a franchise. I had to be on time, I had to be at a place. And there was a reason it was impactful. And I had to be like, you don't realize certain habits you're creating. You're, you're, you're drilling in this type of system for you to behave on. And in business, it's, it, it is a necessity. It's, it's the ante to come in. Like if you don't have that, you're going to have problems. You're going to be challenged. You, you may get through it, but you're going to struggle and it's not worth it. Like if you, if you have a certain curriculum discipline, makes life a lot easier in business all the way through. Absolutely. And then you, and then it gives you a way to deal with the distractions or how to keep things at bay, sure. right? Because you got to go on to the next thing. You can't just, you can't take too much time in this one area because you got to get to the next thing. Yeah. You have to understand like that, that if you, if you can plan things out a certain way and, and, and business, the thing is, is rockets are firing at your head all day long, especially if you're doing well, like that you, you got to, you got to be able to manage that and you have to have people around you to help manage that. You've got to have, but that all comes down to a certain discipline. How do you feel about it? Like, what is your mindset approach? Like, what is your discipline, if you will, toward this entity or this business? How do you feel about it? I always just say my businesses are like a person, I would say. I would treat, and that was a way to set my head right about how to behave with my business. If I treated it like a human being, like it had a, a beating heartbeat, I would respect it. And I would, I would, I would approach it differently daily. Uh, it's an entity, you know, an LLC, a corporation, whatever. it's an entity, make it human, you know, create it, make it so it's real to you. And, and then you'll give it the respect and the need that it needs. That's a great point. That really is a great thing. I'm going to start using that. Now, you talk about the mindset you have. So you have that mindset for yourself. Then you're managing other people. You're bringing in managers to manage other people. How do you set that tone from the top where you're leading by example, but it's also the words you're saying to them and, and making sure that culture flows? Talk about that a little. You know, my years in franchising really helped me develop that skill to a, a almost expert level, I'll say, and I'm still growing, so I'll never be an expert, but, but I had many years of managing my gyms where I was able to, I went to a lot of seminars, Gene, I, I, I studied under everyone from Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, you know, and I did like all of like the one-on-one stuff too, man. Like I was really big on that because I wanted to learn so bad. I, I was big on university on wheels, right? I always had a, a CD or back in the early, early days, I had a cassette in my car. Like, I mean, way back when, when I did Tony Robbins first personal power, this is yep. years ago. You look at that journal, it's impressive how many of those goals I set back then. I actually achieved and superseded. But I was really big on 
transferring of information. So I would learn this stuff. And I can remember sitting in my first gyms in Brick, New Jersey, and in Manahawka, New Jersey, in my aerobics room, my group fitness room. And I would set up like a, you know, a whiteboard. Like I have a bunch of them over here, by the way, behind me. I'd write things out and we would turn pages and they would, you know, they would just hang on every word if I was talking about explaining them how to the building rapport, establish rapport, neuro-linguistic programming, the importance of understanding body language and communication, all these things that I would teach them because I always felt that sales felt icky because sales, you weren't establishing rapport and making friends. Like, you know, the cool thing about my early gyms was everyone was, I had really good retention because everyone was like family there for a reason. We established rapport on purpose. We were intentful to establish rapport because it was a training module. It was a mindset we had. We were going to make friends with our members. We we're going to want them to stay. They're going to want to break bread with us, have a shake at our juice bar, hang out. That was like, and we called it the cheers effect. That's what we called it. Everyone knows your name. Hey, Norm, everyone knew your name. That was the concept. We literally coined it in the gym every day. And then that, that as I was creating leaders and then I opened more gyms and more managers, more leadership roles, uh, there was, they had to learn how to do that. So I had to teach the skill of teaching, which was a whole different skill set. And I always say, people want to always get into franchising. I'm like, listen, bud, you're going into a whole different business world. You may be phenomenal at your widget, a plumber, uh, a, a training institute, a, 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 a gym, a cookies. I don't care what it is. Training human beings to do the same thing you are in a, in a similar like kind fashion is a whole nother animal. And that's, all about systems and disciplines and, and you've got to have a whole other skill set to do that and some do some of those outliers you know i was very fortunate i was really set on learning it and and drilling it. and i and i did i did the homework but people don't realize the hours i put in the traveling i did the seminars i went to and sat through and hotel rooms i sat in and then would re-listen to my notes and do i did all of that stuff purposefully and intentful got into franchising it was very helpful because i was able to teach other owners had to be entrepreneurs and business people because I had learned the hard way a lot of things like, oh crap, you make all this money, you better put some aside because no one's taking the money out for taxes. You have to pay income taxes quarterly. Like learning these things, having an accountant, like learning, you got to have these people. But you'd be surprised how many businesses start and they don't realize that. Oh wait, no one's taking out the taxes for me. I got to pay the state and the low. And the, you know, oh yeah, you got to do that stuff. So you know, teaching all of those skills and then understanding the emotional part about that as well and coaching that up. Uh, and now it's turning into another thing. So that was in franchise. Now I'm doing you know, we're, we have a fund now and we're doing fundraising and we're, we're investing in companies. So we're not only investing in like in franchising, you, you know, I was coaching leaders of my own. Well, I had a lot of control, right? Cause I was, we, we were in, in really just working with people that were following our system already. When you're going into new companies, investing in these new companies as, as our fund does, we're talking about meeting with just brand new budding entrepreneurs and they're not in an environment that I, maybe that environment I created or cultivated. So we've got to integrate, you know, and learn and, and be able to help facilitate and, and coaching them up and giving them what they need and not too much, but not, you know, certainly we don't, we don't want to give too little. We want to give everything we can, but there's a balance there, but having a communication dynamic and understanding the communication dynamic, uh, it, it allows us to, to do that at a very high level, but it's not easy. I, I will tell you, it's, it's certainly a skill set that I've acquired over many, many decades with an S right. Plural. I mean, it was years. That, that it took me to understand that and the importance of it. And you don't get it right every time. There's not, you're just not going to nail every relationship. It's very, it's very difficult. I mean, we, we know siblings that fight. We know, we know, you know, spouses that we argue, you know, it's, it is what it is. You got to just work through that stuff though. Absolutely. It probably, it probably was very difficult also delegating. I mean, you have to, if you're sitting at the top, you can't do every single job and there might be certain things that you do really well that now you've developed an eye for, you've developed a knack for you pass that off to someone and they're not quite doing it the same way. How do you deal with that mentally and emotionally? I always said the hardest thing for an entrepreneur to do is to let go. It really is because they're, you're, you're all, most are type A, you know, he or she is really, you know, have, has this 
intent on controlling every little aspect. And I did in the beginning, I was really get out of the way. I'll do it myself was my answer to just about everything back in the day. Like, you know, if you get, but you can, you, you realize when you want to scale, that's just impossible. You've got to find really good people. And I was very blessed and fortunate along the way, especially the early years. I found very, very good people. Uh, when I first started, that was pre-private equity. I mean, my really early years. Um, and it helped me. It helped me dramatically because they had, but they had that passion. I was able to, you know, we were able to share in that, that, that love and excitement about doing things. But having those people and being able to delegate, I'll tell you the best book I read was E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And he was one of those authors back in the day. Michael, you can get on the phone. I got him on the phone. I don't forget, I was driving on Route 9 in Manalpa, New Jersey. I pulled over right in front of the Manalpa Diner because I was shocked that I got this guy on the phone. Um, I did the old, you know, just the old sales technique, Zig Ziglar. I just keep calling to you get to the real decision maker. It's going to get you to the decision maker. And I did. I got to his assistant, who actually got me to Michael. And I was very casual. I was like, "Is Michael there?" Like I didn't even say like Mr. Gerber. And that's kind of how he just picked up the phone. He probably thought I was like I don't know, maybe a, like a cousin or something. I don't know. Got the guy on the phone, but he asked me a very interesting question, which allowed me to make a very important decision at that point in my career. I told him I was, you know, I, was, I read his book. It was great, and I was thinking about scaling and launching my business into a franchise model. And I, you know, I was, I was at this like the the end of the decision road, the fork. And he goes, I'm going to ask you one very simple question. He goes, and this is a question that's really important. I do a lot of my consulting. He's like, I want you to go home tonight. He's like, I'm going to, I'm, I don't want you to answer this question now because you're going to think about it. He goes, and you can answer it to yourself tomorrow. He's like, go home tonight. He's like, and think about this. He goes, we're going to go on a trip. He goes, we're taking one suitcase, just closed, no electronics, nothing. He's like, we're not going to have any communication with any of your businesses that you currently have. He's like, and we are not going to tell you when we're coming back. Whenever that time is, a week, a month, six months, will your business's lights even still be on? Will it be running, let alone will it be profitable? Ask yourself that question when you get home. That will give you the answer if you're able to scale and grow the way you think you can or want to. And holy crap, I got to tell you, Gene, that was the craziest night of my life. My wife, I, got, I literally sat up in bed toiling. Like, like, I think my thumbs might have been twirling on my chest as I laid in bed like this. And because and, I remember Kim saying to me, she's like, what's going on? Like, why are you you're acting so weird tonight? <laughs> it was such an odd conversation, but I, I remember it vividly. And I said, you know, and I told her the story I just told you, I said, I met this author, I was able to get him on the phone and I read his book and give me this question. She just looked at me. She's like, we could do that. She goes, you just don't want to. She's like, you third day of vacation, you're packing the bag, ready to leave, whether it's a four or seven day, you're ready to go. Day three, I was always checked out. Like I was already like, got to get back in, like got to get on the computer. Got, like, even if we were in Disney, like it was really, and I, I, you know, I struggled with it early on, but I did realize I could. And she was right. She's like, you have, she was, we've gone away for days. She was, you just chose to come back early. You chose to end the vacation at this point in time or chose to re-engage. She's like, but you know, you don't have to, you know, you have really good systems in place. You're, you built this thing out really well. Your operations manual are better than some of the ones I have. And she goes, and I work for a publicly traded company. And she's right. You know, we did, Well, she helped me build the manuals. That's why. So I will tell you that, um, that is an important part of delegating and growth and scale. If you want to grow and scale, even if you don't want to grow, like, you know, like I didn't scale into multiple States across the nation, build your business to hundreds of millions of dollars. If you just want to grow and scale to two locations, not to be miserable or have some freedom, you know, cause it's not just about financial freedom, right? I mean, if you have financial freedom, it doesn't mean you have freedom from your business. You have to have real freedom. What does real freedom mean? Well, can you step away and not be tied to it still connected? If you will, you know, I mean, the tentacles are very strong. If you have that personality, can you disconnect those tentacles and walk? Can you go for a run without thinking about your business or worrying about it? I mean, if you're thinking about it, odds are you're worrying, not thinking, let's call it what it is. So I would always struggle because I would tell you it, it, it would hamper good growth and enjoyment out of being an entrepreneur. You have to be able to 
enjoy the fruits of it. And, and I, I joke with Carmel and Eric, my two oldest, cause I have, you know, I have an interesting gap in kids. I have two older ones. And then we have this like 10 year gap. Everyone thinks, Hey, it's when you were building retro kind of was what I was doing. And then we, I've got Victoria and Drew who are, who are younger. They're, I mean, there's literally nine and a half, almost 10 years between my oldest and my, my second, uh, my third child, Victoria. But I am so much more engaged at all levels. Now, I always coached my son's baseball team and I did stuff. I did all that stuff, but I wasn't nearly as engaged as I was later in their lives as because I was just so, I couldn't understand the disconnection. I couldn't get there emotionally. I was there physically, but I wasn't there. I really, I was, I was always, my head was always in another place. Taking a phone call from a franchisee, calling on, on, on a vendor, doing something with the biz, always grow, 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 grow. And then I realized like, I was able to manage that just by expanding my time by changing how I worked my hours. So then I switched to everything starts again after the kids go to bed. So I would literally do the third shift, right? I would clock in like 9.30 or 10 p.m. I'd spend some time uh, doing some work, clock out. Kim and I would spend some time together, sleep, wake up, do it again. Like I had a, I had a system that made it work. And you can, you just got to have, have a system for yourself. That's great. That's awesome. And what are some of the, the main mental struggles? I know we kind of hit on some of this already that, you see entrepreneurs or owners, they let them get in the way from getting to the next level, mentally, emotionally. I, I think most struggle with a few things. One of the primary things I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with early on is they want more. They need for more growth, 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 more, more, more. And you know, sometimes you got to realize when you have everything you need or you want, right? I mean, you're in the, you're in, you're probably in the top 1% already and you just don't, you're not appreciating it. I, I love people with goals. I think it's great. You should always have goals. I, I I'm loaded up. If you looked at my book right now, it's loaded with goals. Um, for me, that's just the, it's the carrot stick method. But when, when that becomes a hindrance to your emotional and your state, your mental wellness, it's not good. And you won't recognize it till later. The damage is just going to happen incrementally. You're not going to even realize it, whether it's your relationship with your wife, your kids, your family, your husband, whatever, it, it will do some damage somewhere. And then you're gonna have to go make, make up for that eventually. So, you know, I always tell people that, um, don't let the business use you. You use the business, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a vehicle. If you're, and, and people become a prisoner to their own business, they do. They think it gives them freedom. It puts them in a jail cell, locked tight, and they can't get out of it. And that's, that's the shame of it. And that's, I always try to tell entrepreneurs early on, this is the most amazing thing in the world is to be a, a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a growth person. But it's also could be the most daunting because you, you did it for a reason. You thought you were getting these freedoms. Oh, no, I'm not going to work for the man anymore. I'm going to do it. Well, sometimes some people, it may be better to work for the, for, for the other person, right? Maybe we're to work for a big corporation or something because you're just a great skill set person and you enjoy the freedoms. A business can be 24 hours. If you let it, it, it will be 27 hours. If you let it in a day, business will, will find more hours than you can have in a day. It will, it will always beat you on the clock. You can't let it, you can't let it. You have to have certain things in place. You have to be okay with freedom of letting go. And that's part of it. That's part of being able to let it go, let delegating things out and allowing it emotionally to happen. Letting go just because you wrote it in a manual and you hand it to someone doesn't mean you let it go in your head. And that was my problem too. I thought I was doing, oh, I gave the guy a task and then I would 17,000 times in my head think, is he doing this task, right? Oh shit, did he really do that? Did he make that call? Did he follow up on that? And I would, I would crucify myself. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm like, I, I, have, I have the plan, but I'm not really executing it well. And then I realized that I could do it uh, and do it well. And there's pluses and minuses there, you know, giving away a little bit of control, sometimes meaning you're giving away a little bit of, you feel like, especially if you're a business, you're giving a little bit of you to someone else. And it happened to me in my business too. When I gave a little bit of control of operations to other people in my, in in one of my franchises, my gym franchise, that's very well known. um, It took a little bit of my, of my 
look and feel away from it. And until today, still, I'm very bothered by that. I am because I can't, I'm so connected to that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, I, it doesn't bother me. It fucking bothers the shit out of me. It does. I, there's a lot of things that are not right because other people did it and I would not have done it that way, but it wasn't wrong enough where I would be like, Oh my God, that's going to ruin the business. No, it was just not how I would have done it. Um, and it might just be a color that you see or a photo or an image or a system that maybe I, I would have done a little differently, but it still works. And it wasn't worth my sanity. Right. Makes sense. Last question. During the COVID time, what should owners, uh, entrepreneurs, what should they be thinking during this time? COVID gave people, in my opinion, some time to, to learn and grow. And, and some people got to acknowledge fear is a big part of it. Like, you know, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be like, oh, crap. No one expected this black swan event. Listen, even if you read books about black swan events, like it's still, you still can't prepare for them. And I think the industry um, of fitness, especially, and, 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 you know, bar, restaurant, you know, pick a service, right? Hotel, um, wh- wherever your, your listenership lands. I will tell you that uh, it was impacted in, in such a harsh way because it's, it's really hard to get punched in the face when you're not looking and it's happening in a bar to me. You know what I mean? Like someone just takes a swing at you. You're like, what the hell was that all about? You know, like you've seen it happen. You're like, and that's kind of, everyone got cold cocked a little bit. And once you shake that off the shock and you realize, okay, who are you? Look, you know, look in the mirror or figuratively look in the mirror at yourself and say, you know, what, what do I really want to achieve here? What was my initial goal here when I was doing this? And you got to go back to the beginning of mindset of your, how you were thinking when you started in that business that will help you set your track because it may not be, listen, you got comfortable in our ways. Everyone did. If you own the restaurant or you own the gym, you are going to operate differently for, for probably a short time, uh, probably for at least another year and maybe forever, uh, hopefully forever. Cause I think the industry needed a little bit of change. I think a lot of the industries needed some change. Um, I think these changes honestly would have come in the next five to seven years, regardless because of tech getting really involved in, in all of the businesses, uh, including, you know, the digitization of how we order food. I mean, that, that's, that's come a long way quickly, uh, but, but the acceptance of it has really come a long way. Short, short time. I and mean, look at what happened in the last year, how much more we are, everyone's, I, I don't think my kids have ordered on an app this much ever. And they, and they're, and they were millennials, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're the kids that do this stuff. So um, I think in the gym business too, I think it's got to evolve and change. And, and right now, you know, having, you know, digital, virtual, is important for that business as well. But that's not the only thing. It's really about you. What do you want? Like, what do you want for your customer? What do you want to serve up? Like, you got to go back to thinking about that. When you first opened your business, like, what were you looking to deliver? What was the, and then go backwards in, in today, in today's world. Like, how do I deliver what I want them to have? What do they need? What is the, what is the need I'm going to fill? Now, how am I going to fill that? Like, you got to start with why always. And then how comes along? If you don't, if you don't have that same that's the, that's one-on-one stuff we're talking like start with why and then go to how, like do that again. You did it when you started your business. Like, why did you start your business? Now, how are you going to do this? And then the, what comes along? Right. I mean, so I always tell uh, people that are, that are asking those questions. And I, and I, and I do feel this question a lot, Gene, and I have really in-depth conversations with some of the clients I consult for, you know, why are we in this? Why are we doing this? Like, what, what do we, let's talk about it. You know, it's an emotional conversation. That's great. That's what you want. And then let's go back to tactical, which is how, and then we start laying out a little bit of a plan and lay out a new plan. And it might look similar to your old plan, but you're going to tweak it a little bit, but you should look at every other industry in the world. I mean, energy, automotive, uh, health, wellness, uh, food, it's all evolved. I mean, if I said to you beyond meat 20 years ago, you've been like, what are you talking about? Like, like beyond, like, what is that? Like you would have thought like, I don't know what that even means, but 
like every industry evolves for one reason or another. You know, we've had a, we've had a, an interesting situation. I, I do believe that all, the strong always will survive, right? It's a, it's a Darwinian world we live in in business. Uh, be one of the strong, right? You know, get resourceful, dig back into your your early black book of how you started with resources. What did you do? You got to do some things you probably haven't done for if you're if you're older in business, maybe 10, 15 years. At least not. Well, I went back and I looked. I'm like, man, I'm starting another couple of businesses. I'm like. What did I do? I, and I literally go back and I'm so thankful I have some history. And if you're, if you're a person who's an experienced business person, you already have a map. Go back and look at not the, the tactical places on the map, but what did the journey look like? What were the turns? Where, why was there a left turn here and a right turn there? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? And it will help you draft the next map, which is your future. Awesome stuff. So many gold nuggets of information you gave there from the, the little details of doing the little things right, um, being self self um, exploring understanding yourself willing to go to those places learning being a ferocious learner um, and then it's, I think it all emanates from that big perspective knowing your why and and having your priorities in line which of course we could always think we could let them slide from time to time but you're always anchored back to this is what I'm about and this is what I do great information Eric I really appreciate it I'm glad I could share it I'm, and I'm glad you're out there you know getting it out there, distill that to some people, Gene, help them out. You know, all small business owners, that's the thing. I got to work together. Gotta, it's, it's always great to ask questions. I was never a person that wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. And I learned that early at Thinking Grow Rich. I read that you know, book and, and, and that was, and you should read it multiple times if you haven't, but there's so many gold nuggets, like I said, out there from people. Just listen, be a listen, be a student, always listen, take notes. Don't be afraid to pull out your phone and drop some notes into it when someone's talking to you, if it said something great and then go take an action. Listen, I always say when you hear something great, don't just hear it. Go do something about it. So always take an action. If you like something you heard today or you think you learned something when I work with you, go make it, go take an action. I don't care what it is. Go do something about it. I love it. I'm fired up. I'm ready to start taking some action after this call. Thank you. I brought you in to be my mindset coach today. Yeah, there you go. Good. I'm glad I could help. Where do we send people? Any links? Any websites? Yeah, I mean, Eric at EricCaspiri.com right now. Right there is where we'll start throwing up all the links for the new companies and the fund uh, that we're doing for the uh, – It's lifespan capitals the fund it's really cool stuff we're doing um we're gonna we're gonna do some amazing things in the industry that you're very familiar with but all around that industry as well i'm really excited about that that's that's got me motivated every day again awesome god bless you and your family eric great stuff. likewise gene take care your brother bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.